I'm going to ask you to open your Bible at uh, Romans chapter 15. And I've chosen as my theme, the COVID vaccine, what would Jesus do? And you might think, where in the world is the COVID vaccine in this passage? I think it's quite clear. And I'll show it to you in a moment. Romans 15 verse 1 to 7. Let's pray. Lord, we truly and, and dearly and really need your grace. Grace, unmerited, undeserved, a free gift purchased for us by the death of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray that you would give us an understanding heart as we read your word and expound it. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now that's, that's a relevant question. What would Jesus do when we come to the COVID vaccine? Because you've got Christians, you've got believers on both sides of the debate, and you've got believers who feel very strongly about their case. But in the end, we want to say, frankly, I don't care what your, your view is, and frankly, I don't care what you think about the matter. I want to know, what does the Bible say about the matter? And so that's why I ask this question, what would Jesus do? if we speak of the COVID vaccine. And Romans 15 verse 1 to 7 tells us exactly what Jesus would do in these circumstances. Let's read. We who are strong have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For Christ did not please himself, but as it's written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. So to, to answer that question about the COVID vaccine, what would Jesus do? The first answer, he would bear with others. He would bear with others. Verse 1, we find the answer there. So with this whole matter of the COVID vaccine, I heard a pastor say that when this vaccine is injected into you, when you get the vaccine, what happens is that fluid, it goes to your brain and to a certain part of your brain at the front and it takes over that part of your brain and you become a robot and then the Antichrist will control you. And he bases that on 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 4 where Paul says that the Antichrist, the man of sin, he will sit in God's temple. And so he says, what Paul's referring to there, the temple is your body. Your, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. But to interpret the verse like that doesn't make sense. Because just a few verses later, we see Jesus coming, killing the Antichrist. And so that then would mean, oh, what Jesus is going to do, he's going to come and he's going to remove the vaccine from your brain. Because the vaccine is the Antichrist, it's the triple six. And, or he's going to kill that part of your brain. And that's just nonsense. You see, it's very strange how we can, we can read things into the Bible if it fits our interpretation. So we've already decided what we want to believe, and then we find a verse and we twist it to fit our interpretation. And it works the same with gray areas. 
So there are, there are things in the scriptures, we call them gray areas, they're not black and white. These are things that the Bible neither commands nor forbids. And that's what Romans 14 is about and these verses I just read in chapter 50. So how quickly, how often we want to take a matter of conscience, something that's not commanded or forbidden in scripture, it's a matter of conscience, but we want to turn it into a law and we want to force it upon others. So what Paul does now in this passage, it's like he's saying in verse 1, don't do that. Don't do that. Let everyone follow his own conscience. Don't start judging people because a certain gray area, they don't understand it like you do. They have a different understanding of it. That's what chapter 14 is about. The fact that your conscience allows you to do something doesn't mean everyone should do it. So rather, bear with others. Bear with those who have a weaker conscience, who have a more tender and sensitive conscience than yours. So that's how I understand verse 1, when he says, we are strong, have an obligation to bear with the failings of the weak. The weak, there's people, they, they are weak in that area. Their consciences won't allow them to do something. It's not forbidden nor commanded in Scripture. <clears throat> now, we can take... We can take dozens and dozens of applications from verse 1. Many, many examples. I want to limit my applications this evening to the COVID vaccine. Nowhere does the Bible say the vaccine is the triple six or the triple six will be a, be a vaccine. And then some others would say, well, the Bible doesn't say that the triple six is not a vaccine or the vaccine is not the triple six. So, so the goal of my sermon this evening is not to... Try and convince you to change your view. The goal of this sermon is to plea with you that you would bear with others who do not have the same view as you. They don't support the same view. They don't believe the same on this matter. And according to Paul in verse 1, the obligation lies with the strong. They are obligated to bear with the weak. Those who have a weaker conscience in this matter. And the Greek word there, bear with them, doesn't mean grin and bear it. You know, we're just stuck with these Christians with a weak conscience. What will we do? We can't do anything about it. No, the word bear there is an active verb. It means do something to help them. Help them. Carry their burdens. Like in Galatians 6 verse 2, same Greek word. So when you do receive that WhatsApp for the 10th time or the 11th time, you get this this article on the triple six or this voice note on the triple six don't become angry rather pray for the person who sent it and pray lord help them that they will not be afraid but trust you respond gently why not send them a, an encouraging message a bible verse to encourage them or ask good to hear from you have you got any prayer requests i'd love to pray for you what will it help to get angry and to say can't these people think for themselves why do they believe such nonsense what's that going to help your anger will not help the unity of the church it'll just break up unity ephesians 4 verse 3 commands you to strive for unity to work for unity but if you get angry you cannot do that so by getting angry and responding in anger, you won't build yourself up spiritually. You will not glorify God. The only thing that's going to happen is Satan's going to be really pleased and the world will laugh. Look at these Christians, how they fight. So before you judge the person with a weaker conscience, please remind yourself there are other areas, other gray areas in your life where you have doubts. And, and there are other, there are stronger Christians and, and their consciences don't bother them about this. 
And just like these stronger Christians bear with you in those areas, please, please bear with those who have weaker consciences in this matter of the vaccine and they think the vac- to take the vaccine is sin. Bear with them. Because if you're going to live for yourself and your opinions, that is just unchristian. I mean, the definition of a Christian is that we deny ourselves to follow Jesus. So let us not live to please ourselves, but to please the Lord first and foremost, and to bear with others and to put their interests above our own. So that's the first answer. He would bear with them. Second thing Jesus would do in this matter is he would, exactly what I just said, he would put the interests of others above his own. I remember at a pastor's conference many years ago, another pastor, it was a freezing winter's morning and we had to be outside for prayer at 7 o'clock in an open area and it was freezing cold. And another pastor came in with his blanket, an older man, and he he saw me (laughs) chattering, you know, my teeth. And I was really cold and he just gave his blanket to me. The blanket he had brought for himself, he gave to me. And later I found on that's just his pattern. I found out that's his pattern. It's do to others what you want them to do to you. So he was like Jesus in that regard. And we should be like that too. We should please our neighbor, not ourselves. Verse 2. Let each of us please his neighbor, it says. Now that doesn't mean we should be people pleasers. <clears throat> because you see what people pleasers do. People pleasers, they try to please themselves. or They try to please other people so that people will like them. That people will will applaud them and they accept them. But the person in verse 2 doesn't have that motive. He pleases his neighbor for his good to build him up. So you're seeking seeking the advantage of others, not your own advantage. So what you're doing then is you want to love your neighbors, you love yourself. You You want to build other believers up spiritually. You want to encourage others spiritually, verse 2 at the end of the verse, for his good to build him up. Chapter 14, verse 19. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. You want to build them up. So that's what you do do with believers, and for unbelievers you want to do the same. You want to please your neighbor for his good. Why? Because you want, you want, him, you want to win him to the Lord. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 to 23. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 33. I please everyone, not myself. I try to please everyone so that I might save some. I want to win them to the Lord. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't think of his own interests. Jesus gave his life because he wanted to please the Father. He wanted to do the Father's will. He wanted to save his enemies. Verse 3. Christ did not please himself. We know that that he sought to save others. And he sought first and foremost to please his Father. And so he fulfilled Psalm 69 verse 9. As it says, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. So Jesus, actually what it means is Jesus took people, uh, people who mocked him. He endured the mocking. He endured the scoffing. He endured people laughing at him and spitting on him and eventually killing him. And all of these reproaches and these mockings were directed against God, against his father. But he said, I will become man. I will take these reproaches upon myself because I want to do the will of the father. I want to please the father. And, and even on the cross, Jesus, he took this, these reproaches, these mockings, these scoffings, and this death 
that was aimed against God. It's because we mock God. We scoff at God. And Jesus said, I will take the punishment for that scoffing. You deserve punishment. I'll take it in your place. And he did this so that the Father could forgive us. And so if Jesus did this for us, if Jesus purchased us and redeemed us with his own blood, and he set the example for us by putting others ahead of himself and their needs and their interests, will we not do the same? Will we not do the same and put others ahead of ourselves, even if they don't have the same ideas as we do about the vaccine? So should we, should we despise those who believe the conspiracy theories? We, we despise them. Or should we judge those who believe that it's fine for a Christian to take the vaccine? Listen, you do not have to be right always. You do not ha have to win the argument and win the debate always. Now someone might say, no, no, it's not that I want to win an argument. I want to warn people against the triple six. Listen, if that were true, you would have spoken more about Jesus than you do about the triple six. And you would have sent many messages, gospel messages to people, instead of sending many triple six messages to people. And now someone else might say, no, no, it's not that I'm trying to be right. I want, I want people to have the vaccine so that they don't get sick. But if that were true, you would have done everything in your power to help the sick, to support the sick, to visit the sick often, and to pray for the sick every day and bring their names before the throne of grace. To me, it really seems that people, what they really want to say is, I've got some hidden and secret knowledge that you don't have. And if you want to, I will share it with you. I've got a secret knowledge you don't. You don't have it. So it's really a pride issue. And so let's just be straight with one another. Let me talk straight to you, and you can talk straight to me. But let's be frank. We are not like Jesus, that's the point. We are not like Jesus. We want to put our own needs first. While 1 Corinthians 13 verse 5 says, love does not insist on its own way. So we've got a lot of so-called knowledge, and it just puffs us up and makes our heads swell. And we have too little love that builds up. As 1 Corinthians 8 verse 1 says, knowledge puffs up, love builds up. Number three, third answer, what would Jesus do about this matter of the vaccine? <clears throat> he would have focused on the word. That's in verse four. Uh, must have been 16 years ago. I went to preach at a church camp. And at the camp, there was a young guy, and he just kept on hammering on the same issue for this camp. The three days of the camp, kept on talking about the same stuff all the time. And one of the things was like, uh, Christians shouldn't celebrate Easter because it comes from a pagan holiday. It's a, it's a pagan holiday. It's got pagan background, pagan foundation. And then one of the older men at the camp told me, that's what this guy does all the time. He can talk about nothing else. And in the same way, the danger exists that we do more research about the vaccine than we read our Bibles. And so we... We give more time to gray areas on which Scripture says nothing, it's silent, than we do on black and white areas, the black and white truths of God's Word. So if we, we're going to keep on fighting about gray areas, well, that's sin. 
That's sin. If, if, if we want to eliminate these, this argumentation on, over gray areas, like the vaccine, we need to stick our nose, noses in the Bible. We need to get to know the black and white. Black and white truths like Psalm 69 verse 10. That I just, or verse 9 that I just quoted, that Paul quotes in verse 3. I just read that. Or not only that verse, but the rest of Scripture. Verse 4, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. So God has given us these truths in the Scriptures that we can learn from them. So you and I, we need to spend time in the Word. So that you can help yourself and you can help others. And to do that is ten times better. It's ten times better to do that than to spend all your time and hours and hours watching videos on the vaccine and the conspiracy theories and the triple six and reading articles on that because really what you want is you just want more ammunition to prove your point, to prove you are right and the others are wrong. And by that I don't mean that research is bad. Research is not bad. But please don't believe everything you read or everything you listen to. Proverbs 14 verse 15. The simple believes everything. Don't believe everything. And don't only read your own view. Listen to what other committed believers are saying. If there are other believers, they're really devoted to Christ, listen. What are they saying? What are they trying to say? Read the opposite side too. And I'm specifically talking about Christians who write on the opposite side, but committed believers who are faithful to the Lord. And then above all, Please make certain that you don't spend more time on your cell phone than you do in the Word and prayer. And if you've been in the Word, if you've really meditated on the Word, then use what you've learned and send those truths, not grey areas, send black and white. Send truth and share that with other believers instead of your so-called informed opinion about the vaccine, whatever your view might be. Please don't Keep on passing that on and sharing your opinion. Share the scriptures. Share the word. Yes, now someone might respond, but, but, but we need to warn people. Technology is ripe for the new world order and in a moment it can, can be established. Well, have you ever thought about it that the same technology is ripe to spread the gospel faster than ever? And there can be a revival in a moment. And if you, if you believe that, then you would have shared the gospel far and wide. And you wouldn't have thought, everyone must believe what I believe about the vaccine. And in, in many cases, all that it does, your views about the vaccine, whatever your views are, this way or that way, all that it does, it just influences people negatively. Because they have to stare into the faces of politicians the whole time and into the world and what the world is saying. So rather share the scriptures. That is what God has given. We are going through hard times. What did God give you to survive through hard times? Not all these messages about the vaccine. He's given you the word to encourage you and so that you can use it to encourage others. Verse 4. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. There's your encouragement. There's your endurance. How are you going to endure? How are you going to be encouraged in this time if all you're doing is you're just thinking about the vaccine all the time and debating other Christians about it? Where are you going to find hope? Isn't it, isn't it through the scriptures we find hope? End of verse 4. 
through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. So are we supposed to tell people all the time, the triple six is coming, the triple six is coming? Or would we rather help people if we say to them, Jesus is coming? And he's coming to make straight everything that is crooked. And he's coming to make make right everything that is wrong. Repent and believe in the gospel. Answer number four. What would Jesus do about this matter of the vaccine? Fourth answer. He would promote unity. He would promote unity. Verse five and six, we find that answer. So, so preachers who say that the vaccine is the triple six, all that they're doing is they're spreading panic. And the fact that they're spreading panic, that makes me think, I smell a rat. Because God is not a God of panic. Verse 5 says, may the God of endurance and encouragement. So if there's panic, I'm not very sure that this is of the Lord. Didn't God give us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind, or power, love and self-control? So I'm not sure that these messages about the triple six are of God. Yes, but the triple six is in the Bible, someone might say. Yes, but the passage about the triple six wasn't written as a scary movie. It wasn't written to make Christians afraid. Christians who are already discouraged in this time of COVID and the time of lockdown. Christians who are already discouraged and need to fight. Christians who are already saddened because they've lost loved ones who have died. No, the passage about the triple six in Revelation 13 stands in the context of the whole of Revelation and the book of Revelation was written to encourage persecuted believers. Verse 5, the God of encouragement. And to tell you, to tell you the truth, I think the first readers of the book of Revelation, they wouldn't have the faintest idea. They would not have a cooking clue what the COVID vaccine is. And they wouldn't say, oh, the triple six must be the COVID vaccine. And should we really believe that Revelation 13 and the triple six in that chapter wasn't meant for them at all? It meant nothing for them. There was no encouragement in that passage for them. It was only for us more than 2,000 years on. Or did John expressly say in the chapter, Those who are wise can work out this person's name. If I give you the number, you'll be able to figure this out. You'll know who this is. Go and read that verse, Revelation 13, verse 18. I doubt that any of those first readers would have made their little little calculations and said, work it out, triple six. What's COVID? No, they wouldn't. And if you want to, you can read my sermon on the triple six. Unfortunately, it's in Afrikaans. Um, but I preached a sermon on this. And you'll find it on the blog. You'll just have to be able to read Afrikaans, unfortunately. And you can see what I, what I believe about it. And even if you don't agree with me, I want to ask you at least, at least, 
Let us believe that the Lord will carry His people through these difficult times. And that the Lord will make sure that not one of His own is lost, especially not because of a vaccine. No one will pluck you from His hand. Nothing can separate you from His love. Nothing in all creation, including a vaccine. You began the good work and you will complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. He will protect you from every evil deed and bring you safely into His heavenly kingdom. So the Lord does not want you to be afraid. And he does not want believers to be divided on this issue. You can have your view, but he doesn't want us to split the church about this. So let us pray for unity so that there can be harmony. Harmony like the notes on a piano. Verse 5. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another. Now I don't mean we should all believe the same about the vaccine. But I do, what I am saying is we should bear with one another when it comes to grey areas. And we should be united when it comes to, to matters of the faith, when it comes to cardinal matters, when it comes to foundational issues. You know that thing, when it comes to the foundational issues of the gospel and of Jesus, uh, that saying that goes, in essentials unity, in non-essentials liberty, in all things charity. And if we can remember that, then we will glorify God with one voice. End of verse 5. With one voice, or verse 6, with one voice we will glorify God. So do you see how the focus has now shifted from, I want to be right, but suddenly the focus has now shifted to verse 6, to glorify God. The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, that way, that's where we are. Finally, number 5, fifth answer. Uh, that's in verse 7, the answer is, he would have accepted others. He would have accepted others. That's what Jesus would have done about this matter of the vaccine. Now, in the history of the United States, there's a movement called fundamentalism. Uh, it really came in response to liberalism, which was called modernism in those days, liberal theology. And so they responded because the liberals started throwing out things out of Scripture. We don't believe in the resurrection, don't believe in the virgin birth, and so on. But the fundamentalists responded and said, we believe the fundamentals of the faith. And those fundamentals were things touching the gospel and the person of Christ and the being of God and so on. But then as, as time went on, more and more things were added to the list of what is really fundamental for you to be a Christian. And in the end, what happened is certain groups they would not associate with one another anymore. So if you don't read the King James Version of the Bible, we don't regard you as a Christian, or we don't associate with you. If you are not a premillennial, a dispensational, your view of the end time, if you've got a different view of the end times, we won't associate with you. You probably aren't a Christian at all. And exactly that same thing can happen. If we, if we start having an obsession about grey areas like the vaccine, and so what happens in the end then, is you start choosing and preferring the company of unbelievers who agree with your view above the company of believers who don't hold to your view. And in the end, what you do is, you say that those who hold to your view, they are saved and the rest don't know the Lord at all. And I've heard this with my own ears. I've heard this with my own ears. I've heard people say that if you take the vaccine, you're not a Christian. And I've heard people say, people who say that the, the vaccine is the triple six, they're not Christians, they're not saved. 
So I want to agree with the Apostle Paul. I want to plead with you. Open your arms wide for other believers and accept them and welcome them. Even if you don't believe the same about the vaccine, verse 7, welcome one another. If that's what Jesus did for us, it says, as Christ welcomed you, that's what Jesus did for us. We who were the enemies of God, that's what God does for us. Chapter 14, verse 3, as God has welcomed him, God has welcomed him, that believer. End of verse 3, chapter 14. And if Jesus does that, will will we not do the same for one another? Verse 7, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Must we really split churches? Must we really write off friends because of invisible fluid in a bottle? Will we not rather stand together and fight together against an invisible enemy? And we will pray together. And we will share the gospel together. And we will live holy lives together. And we will read the scriptures and meditate on the scriptures. And obey the scriptures together. To fight against the invisible enemy. Fight against him. A united front. A united force. Rather than fighting each other. Please forget about your opinion. And strive to glorify God. Also through your unity with other Christians. End of verse 7. For the glory of God. End of verse 6. Glorify God. Isn't that what Jesus prayed for? That we would glorify God in this way by being united as Christians? Isn't that one of the reasons Jesus shed his blood? To bring Jew and Gentile together? To bring us into one body? So I I hope you can see that, that the unity of the church... It's not a peripheral issue. It's not a side issue for the Lord. To God, this is a a central matter. And actually, it's so important to God that God threatens to destroy you if you break up the unity of his people. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 16 and 17. You destroy God's temple, and that is the church in that context. You destroy the church, God will destroy you. And then God also promises wonderful unity. Wonderful blessing where there is unity, if we protect unity. Just read Psalm 133, three verses. God will bless unity. So will you, will you cherish this unity? Like you would cherish the 3,106 carat Cullinan diamond if it were your possession. You would cherish it. In the same way, cherish the unity. Jesus would have cherished it. Jesus did cherish this unity. So follow any steps. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And let the vaccine be to you a side issue. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, I bless you and praise you. that You've given us your word and I do pray, Lord. Oh, would you not give us a vaccine of some kind and an understanding of science we need we need a fresh uh, really the vaccine of your blood if i may say it in that way without being blasphemous but we need the cleansing of the blood of jesus forgive us our sins for fighting one another for being divided with one another about a peripheral issue and help us to focus on the true issues of the gospel and of christ amen